Our next guest is a guy who has been great with the Jimmy Fund, dating back to his playing days, and even after his playing days, he is always with us every single year on this Jimmy Fund Radio Telethon. Joining us live on the Harbor One Hotline, the one and only Roger Clemens. Roger. How you doing, man? Good. Hey, How are you? Doing good, Rocket. Wonderful, wonderful, man. Always good. Hot down now, here in Texas, but it's good. Yeah, let me tell you something. It's hotter and more humid right now here in Boston where we are than it is where yeah. you are. Love, I love it. Texas. It's great. Yeah. It's the best weather to the best weather to pitch in, man. You keeps everything loose and I mean, you only got to go four innings though now, right? So I did want to ask that, you that. Cut yeah. that out. Block that out. No, no. no we're going to dive into it. No, because, see, I wanted to ask you that. I, was, I wanted to ask you if you ever got a standing ovation from a crowd for going five and dive, right, for leaving oh, in the man. fifth. You know, Parge, you've seen it. Uh, it was hilarious. You know, I do a little work with Houston. I was in the deal, locker room doing the thing and talking to some of the, the uh, upper management. And our guy came in after five innings, pitched great, but ran his pitch count up to about 100 and comes in and just exhausted. And I rips his jersey off and throws it in the floor by the, the dirty, you know, the laundry. And I looked over and said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm, Mr. Clemens, I'm done. I go, I know you're done. You, I, I watched. I said, but I said, you want five innings? I said, pick that up, hang it in your, your locker. It can't be dirty. Pick the jersey up, hang it back in your locker. So he was flushed. I was kidding him. I had to tell him I was kidding him. He thought I was being serious. <laughs> well, well, you kind of were, though. Kidding. Yeah, but yeah, what, I kind of was. I, I mean, so what, I mean, what is that just, you know, the nerds of baseball kind of, you know, stick in their yeah. head where it doesn't belong? Is that what it is? Yeah. You, I mean, it cost uh, the, the, the hometown team, I think, World Series uh, when they had to pull Granky because. He was dealing really. I think he gave up a home run on a changeup in the Crawford boxes, which is is more difficult than even pitching at Fenway because you got obviously the, the Green Monster. But I don't know what his count was, but they, you know, the propeller head said that you know they hit, you know, the three seventy <laughs> third time through or whatever, get him out of there, and and uh, you know you got to you got to go out and uh, you got to go out and do an eye and a heart test every once in a while. I mean. I think the best thing with my pitching coaches over the years, the relationships, whether it was a rookie pitching coach or a veteran, you know, when they would say, hey, looks like you're getting gassed a little bit, and then we went right into the mode where I would go out for the seventh or the eighth, and it was one hitter at a time. I knew warming up that if I walked that guy or he got a hit, I was coming out. So it gave me incentive to chew chewing out right there, and now, you know, now my closer or whatever only has to get four outs and get one more, maybe only has to get three. So it was good incentive to do that. And, you know, early mid eighties, late eighties, when a pitching coach or a manager came out to the mound and for us as starters, I mean, that was really a category that, you know, we wanted to, you know, finish what we started. We were tucking that ball under our armpit for the most part. (laughs) We're talking to Roger Clemens. I wonder what your take was this year when major league baseball decided that they were going to have the umpires as police and they were going to start to frisk these guys with uh, foreign (laughs) substances because they felt, and, you know, you were seeing the, the spin rate was a little bit different when these guys were operating without that stuff. What was your take when they did that? Well, I think it's the nature of the beast, you know, because, like I said, everybody's into spin rate and everything, and, and these guys were, you know, using whatever. Um, you know, we had sun sun uh, block and rosin, and as Lou would tell you, I think every hitter out there would, if, if they had the choice to make sure that we had a decent grip on the ball throwing, especially like these guys do, you know, 95, 98. Um, and, you know, in Boston and 
New York and in, in, in baseball in the East, the, the Northeast, April. I mean, if you pick up a water glass and ice, you know, a glass of ice water and hold it, that's kind of what the ball feels like in your hand. So thank goodness, you know, every once in a while the umpires let you, you know, blow moist, you know, blow heat into your hands or whatever. And, um, but you know, it's crazy. I, I was teasing the guys the other day that uh, I can't believe I haven't seen one of these more lighthearted pitchers take one of those rubber fake snakes and put it up in your hat when you take it off one of them bump cards, check it. <laughs> or something like that. You got to put a snake or something yeah. in there. And, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy here too. They're going to have to change it. I would think with the bargaining agreement where DH is universal because it makes no sense. I can remember the days here in Houston when I would pitch against say, uh, one of my, my friends here and you, Woody Williams with the Cardinals and Woody hit bare knuckled had nine inches of pine tar on his bat. I strike him out. He sets his helmet and bat down. The bat boy runs his hat and his glove out to him, goes him out. We could, he, we, you know, he gets thrown out of the game now because he has yeah. pine tar on his hand because he just hit. Uh, unless you're going to put a Perel station behind the mound or something, you know, <laughs> to clean up. You know, so they're going to have to get rid of that uh, some some shape or form probably too. So, Rocket, I got to ask you because I listen. I'm on the record. You're a Hall of Famer to me, and you got seems like one more yeah. year. And that's sixty-one percent. Uh, what's the kind of what goes through your mind, you know, in this next year? I know probably a lot of people are going to be t- asking you about it. Yeah, no, they asked it, but it's you know it's a pretty easy answer. I mean, it's really after the first year, it was uh, you know that if you you know feel like people were going to hold a grudge or hold something against you, you know, after the first year, really the date comes and goes. The first year, you know, upset a lot of my you know outside family and, and things like that. But I think you know now how they see that it's not it's 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 not something that I. You know, when I embarked on my major league career, it was something that I was trying to do is make the Hall of Fame. I said it before. I, I think it's more of a selfish thing. I get it. But there's just so many guys I want to thank, and I get to do that on all my milestone, whether it's a 20-strikeout game or a 300-win milestone. I get so many nice uh, texts and phone calls from especially a lot of my catchers who were, um, you know, that I love the most because, you know, as I think I've told you guys before, I called about 95% of my game from the mound just with looks in my eyes and things that I did. And so my guys had to pay attention to detail. Uh, they couldn't get out there and, you know, uh, you know, let their minds wander a little bit and not, not pay attention. So those, those things mean the most to me. The, the hall's great. I've got a bunch of stuff there. The, uh, I've obviously went up there and golfed at that course and, and met those people. And I get, you know, not too long ago, good, good friend Toby Keith was up there with his band and they went in there and they had to pull out all my stuff from, you know, milestone games. So, if it happens, wonderful. I appreciate the guys that uh, the the ones that have looked at the facts and and everything that's gone on, and uh, but we did it the right way. I put my heart and soul into this game, and and I played it the right way. And and uh, but when somebody's making money off your name too, which they made a lot, uh, uh, it was great that we were able to put a stop to it. Roger, do you think the media should be the one making these decisions in all sports? Should there not be ex players, uh, people within the game that might have a a different slant on on who should be in and who should not be in. Yeah, I don't. I, again, I don't really have an opinion. I don't really care either way uh, who who votes or who doesn't vote. I mean, it's it's a it's a great honor. I got a lot of a lot of uh, you know again people that I, I you know I was fortunate. Twenty four years I pitched against the Luzinskis, the Kingmans, Reggie Jacksons, all the way through the pool horses and these guys. That so it's cool for me to to have you know that experience. Um, but you know, other than that, it's not, it's, uh, again, I don't really put a lot of stock into it either way. Like I, I told Jimmy Rice, Jimmy got in on, 
year 10 or something, and I called yeah. him to congratulate him, but I also said, hey, how'd you, how'd you get better all of a sudden? You know, what did you do? Play semi, did you play semi-pro ball and uh, get another 100 homers? But, you know, and somebody didn't vote for Derek Jeter, I heard. Right. So yeah. uh, that's incredible in its, itself. So, uh, again, the guys that, 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 that vote for you, tip my hat, appreciate them, uh, you know, looking at facts and details and, and uh, my career in general and, and the ones that don't, that, uh, you know, it's the prerogative. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I'm on record. It is the worst form of uh, voting in the history of anything. I've ever, I hate it. I despise it. Uh, that's me, though. Okay, but yeah, it's funny because you, you you mentioned something. You said 24 years, and I was just like, wow. Like, that is a long freaking time in any profession. Yeah. Okay? And then hey, well, here I was we gonna are. Say, I was going to tell Glenn, I, I, words out, that he's retiring. That's right. Yeah. 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 Anybody can retire once. Anybody can retire once. Yeah. I mean, I can get Brett, I can get Brett Favre on this call. I can get Brett hey, listen, Favre on this call, call uh, real quick, and, and we, uh, you know, we can tell you how it works. So I don't want to. I don't want to revisit the Susan Waldman call. Okay, right now. Yeah, oh, right. Oh. I, hey, I didn't want to do that either, but it worked out. But it was crazy. I told him, I said, I'm not going back to do that. But uh, Susan's been a great. She was fired up, and uh, but it was good. They kept it pretty much a secret, but. Uh, that was that was that but was crazy. See, here's the deal. We, 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 played, we played that soundbite uh, a few times over the years. I'm right, right, he's right. really not retiring. Like he's he's not going to be on our show, but he's still going to be on the radio. Uh, so he's uh-oh. he's he's kind of watching here and there, here and there, here and there, here and there. It's like, it's like okay. he's showing up at spring right. training, you know, yeah, and popping okay. in once. So in I must a while. I must tell Roger. Oh, I, like I do remember the old like days that. where I do remember the old days where Roger would have to. Uh, go across the street over to the Twins to do an interview with us out in the window as we were broadcasting as we were broadcasting live. But I ran into Roger one time. I think I was going to a Super Bowl or whatever. I ran into him at the Houston airport, and we sat down and talked for about forty-five minutes, and it was a delightful conversation. So I've always enjoyed I've always enjoyed uh, talking to you over the years. And the other thing I love about you, as I said, you've been great with the Jimmy Fun. Now, are we going to do batting practice? What are we doing? Yeah, well, so, you know, everything's been put on hold, and that's one of my favorite things. I actually just did one uh, two hours ago here at the house because they're kind of doing the same thing down at Minute Maid where I was going to do something with these guys. So I got them over to the house and uh, threw to them. I only hit two of them in the middle of the back, so we had bad. a good No, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Um, so, but we had fun with those guys, and they're actually at the Astros game right now. It's a 1 o'clock game, so that was kind of the package. But there's nothing like – uh, when Pam and the Red Sox and the front office over there, they allow or they auction me off in the middle of a game. And um, it's fun for me to get back out there. And, and uh, you know, I get to walk up to this group of businessmen or whoever it is. And uh, what's cool about, obviously, Fenway is I whisper to him, I go, you understand, you guys are standing right in the same spot that Ted William and Yaz stood. And, yeah. you know, the Bay, you know, I mean, it's incredible. So that's what makes that package and it helps out my foundation or my foundation we've had forever and help at-risk kids. But more importantly, and, and still fond to me is like you guys said, the Jimmy fund. And there's now not a better time than ever when there's, you know, I, I hate it that the guys can't go over and yeah. see the kids personally. Um, yeah. you know, it's just, it, it, you know, the personal, you know, part of it. Uh, and, and again, I reach out to those families cause we have uh, Memorial Herman here and it's the same thing. It's, you just hate to see some of these people go through a little bit of this alone. Um, uh, it's just dreadful. 
I never forgot that story of the first time you went over there. A little girl is sitting there, and you're going, yeah. who are you? And you're saying, I'm Roger Clemens. And she's going, no, you're not. And then you come back yeah. over to the ballpark. You put the uni on, the uniform on. You go back over to the, the clinic and say, here I am. I'm Roger <laughs> Clemens. Yeah, our, our, our wonderful Boston police guys uh, grabbed me and, and whisked me back. But, yeah, I was a little flustered because I couldn't get her to believe it was me. <laughs> and, uh, and so I went back and put the uni on, and I was good to go. Listen, we're always grateful that you're always here every year for us with the Jimmy Phone Radio Telethon. And as I said, I enjoyed being around you and, and covering you. And like Lou, I hope you do get the opportunity to get into the Hall of Fame. I think you deserve it. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate right, it, guys. I'll be up there. I'm coming up your way in a couple of weeks. I think I'm staying over to play in Wake's golf tournament, so I'm looking forward to getting back up there. And oh, We're well, looking for a, little, a third little, man yeah. in the, for the show here. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> oh, You're yeah. bored. Come on over. Glenn's gone. Yeah. Hey, Roger, you want <laughs> nothing to do with the media, and you know it. You know it. <laughs> hey, See you, I bud. get up there and play a little golf with my buddy Eddie Miller, so we'll be up there. Awesome. All right. All right, All right, All right Roger. Thanks, Roger. Thanks so we much. appreciate it. Right. See you All later. Right. All right.